You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hi everybody! Welcome back to the show. Since I thoroughly enjoyed Season 2 of Analog Trip, starring NCT127, I figured we should discuss it on a new episode of NCT Talk. So the basic premise of Analog Trip this season was that NCT 127 members got stuck on an island together, and they had to learn to get off through this four-day, three-night excursion. They had to solve a bunch of different puzzles to get out in time. So periodically throughout the show, you would see them getting extra frustrated over a puzzle, especially because you could see the countdown clock in the corner of your screen. They kept at the front of their minds the time limit. They tried to solve puzzles. Obviously, there were concerns about turning on one another, forming alliances, things like that. It was sort of Survivor meets some sort of quiz show, puzzle show meets typical NCT vlog content, NCT life stuff. It was an interesting mix of mystery, some comedy, game show. It ran the gamut. Now, how much of this was scripted and how much was like a reality show, they never really clarify. And there are certain points in this recap where you'll see, hmm, seems very staged to me, and I honestly don't have an answer for you. But I think that's part of the fun of this season is trying to figure out which parts were scripted and which ones were just genuine shock, genuine fear, etc. So episode one starts where they're taking their boat ride to this island under the pretense that they are going to this island to film their next music video, spend some time acting out scenes with each other, working on this drama, these dramatic sword fight scenes and stuff, for an undisclosed music video. But by lunchtime, when they all leave the room, go to this little restaurant area, when they get back outside after that, everyone's gone. The boat's gone, they've been abandoned, no casting crew, everyone but the nine of them have disappeared. Left all their stuff behind, but actually took the members' backpacks and phones and stuff with them, because those were still on the boat. So they're just stranded, and they quickly learn, surprise, you're not just here to film a music video. You're here to escape this secret curse on this island, to crack the code, then you earn your freedom. So I don't know how much the members genuinely thought that this was music video filming before they realized what it was for, I don't know how much they were acting when they're like, we're stranded, oh no, who would have seen this coming? But they did seem genuinely concerned all their belongings just left, so I don't know. Obviously the crew members were in on this all along. Or was it all just evil spirits and the evil curse? Guess you can't rule that out, you can't prove it didn't happen. So anyway, the show already set the tone, I think, really well because it has you immersed in the action. Because a lot of scenes you see from the handheld camera perspective. Because Johnny's recording this whole time. His personal video camera is still on him. So that gives it a... Gives you the sense of immediacy. Like real-time action is what you are absorbed in. Even though, fun fact, they actually filmed this a long time ago. They made this season before they even learned the sticker choreography. So yeah, that was way back, probably this past summer. The members find a map 
that indicates they should go to this place called the Community Center. Good guess, because it's in the center of the island. Turns out to be this creepy haunted place, an escape room of sorts. It's got this big hourglass on one wall, full of green sand, nice, signature color. Lots of creepy stuff, but also treasure. The door automatically locks behind them, and they realize they don't have much time to get out of there. They're looking around trying to see if there's some sort of escape route. One member looks at this bookcase, takes one book off the shelf, and touching that bookshelf triggered the automatic pivot. So the bookshelf swivels around to show the opposite side of the wall. In there lies a treasure chest. So they're like, yes, this has got to have our answer about how we get out of here. This was nerve-wracking as a viewer to see. They open the treasure chest and find the most keys you'll ever see in your life. Just an enormous amount of keys. So it looks like they had the key to get out, but which one? Somehow Doyan finds this magnet and decides maybe the key's magnetic. So they use the magnet to find what key sticks to it. That's how they eventually find the right one. The members are reading the scrolls, these instructions, this guidance in a way, indirect guidebook for them. And the first entry of the scroll, the audience hears, says, quote, If only we had stuck together and not bickered, got in each other's way, we would make it off this island in time. Instead, now we're stuck. This episode had some really funny moments, like when Mark asked during their group dinner, would you rather be stuck on an island alone, all by your lonesome, or be in a big city with 10 people you really hate? And Johnny was like, we basically already live like that <laughs> back home. Then there was this funny moment where Yuda mentions how he thinks he's going to be the brains of this operation to get them off the island. But then he has this very meme-ready look where he just looks really pained and flashes back and thinks about this moment, it seems like, when everyone's praising Doyen for getting the magnet. So Doyen found the magnet, and then Yuda, just after he had commented, I'll be the brains of this operation, looks really pained. <laughs> like, you could just picture the overlay of flashbacks dramatically playing before your eyes. It was really funny. In episode two, the members get out of that room, find a building with all the lights on, and see a circle of backpacks there. So they each take out the items in their bags and find things that will correspond to their roles. For example, Taeyeon has cooking supplies, so he knows he will cook their food while they're here. Haechan has a toolkit, so we can open stuff. Tail has a compass. He will lead them. But the fridge in the room has a big padlock on it. They find eight little jars, each with a number on it, and so they have to work as a group to figure out how to arrange the jars and the numbers to solve the math puzzle, basically. Long story short, Doyen saves the day yet again, realizes that with four grouped together of the same ingredient, they each equal one if you subtract part. So like 109, 10 minus 9 equals 1. And then if you put the other same ingredient jars together and add the parts of the number together, they always equal 19. So that gives you the combination lock. Doyen is just so smart. The fridge is actually pretty bare, which is kind of funny just after all of that. But it does have another scroll in there, so they know that was another code they had to crack. The scroll hints at this tricolored curse, but they decide to just go to sleep and worry about that in the morning. Maybe in a case of karma, further delaying getting on top of solving the tricolored curse, they wake up and find out that Jaehun is missing. And actually Jeonwoo too, but that was just for like a second. Uneventful subplot. 
But Jaehyun is gone. Mark was his roommate that night. And so Johnny says, it's kind of your fault. And it's a funny moment because clearly Mark is just distracted and doesn't really respond, but more than kind of a, a silent confirmation of, I guess it is my fault. It's not, but whatever. They travel the island, and once they get to the far side of it, they find Jaehyun strapped into this chair, and he's got a ticking time bomb on him, with tons of multicolored wires, hence the tricolored curse they'd heard about. He says he was just asleep, the next thing he knows he woke up and he's here. He actually said later, not in that episode, but in a follow-up behind-the-scenes kind of video, that he recalled waking up and seeing someone cover his eyes and drag him away somewhere. And he really doesn't remember what else, but he was kidnapped and strapped to that chair. Again, this is a moment where I really stop to think, okay, you're even saying all this still in character in the post-season wrap-up discussion. So is this true? Like, how much did you know your character in the script was meant to be kidnapped? How much did you know ahead of time? I don't know, but he played it off as if he was genuinely surprised. And this ticking time bomb looked super legit. When the members would get too close, actual smoke and sparks came out. Doyun, naturally, saves the day again because he says, Hey, look at these statues of the zodiac signs. The 12 animals from Chinese astrology. They're all here except for one, the year of the cow. So the members split up to go find the cow statue. Not only do they find multiple cow statues, but they find multiple sets of these zodiac statues as well. So they're like, okay, now what? And they realize that on the bottom of each cow statue is a color. Green, yellow, blue. And that tells them which wires they can safely cut. Remember, Heichan got the tools in his backpack to deactivate the bomb. They carefully do. It's very nerve-wracking to watch. And it works, and they defuse it. Then the episode ends, and they all just kind of move on to the next challenge as if that didn't happen. Like, let's not stop and process this. Let's not stop to make a promise to keep an eye on him in the future or something. Let's interrogate what really happened. Are you okay, Jaehyun? Do you want to talk about it? No, we just move on to the next episode. The next episode does wrap up that plot and then moves quickly to they see what's next. They open up a small box that was under his seat and they see another scroll in there that hints where they should go next. They end up going to the shrine of sorts that has three spots on a table in front of a statue. So they have to find three things and put them in those empty spots in front of this figure, this statue. The wall has these drawings and tally marks to indicate what those items are that they need to find. 70 little conch shells. Conch shells, technically. But I say conch because if you were raised on Spongebob, you know why. My English teacher used to always get so mad about Spongebob because everyone in our class would say conch and insist Spongebob said it, and he'd be like, it's conch anyway. One fish and two octopuses. I think octopi sounds better, but I digress. So that's what they do. They split up. Jaehyun and Chin try fishing, keep hitting snags, and it's really funny because they can't get anything. They can't catch a fish. Tail eventually joins to try to help to no avail. So Heiching just kind of gives up and is like, whatever, I'm just going to go take the restaurant's fish. Goes back to the restaurant, leaves a note that says, I'm sorry, we borrowed your fish. Ian grabs a net and takes it out of the tank. I mean, they didn't specify in the instructions how they were supposed to obtain these items. So I guess it's fair game. Taeyeon, Jeonwoo, and Mark go octopus catching, wearing these thick mud boots, constantly pulling each other out of the muck. 
They end up catching 10 of these once they start to get super easy. As for the others, they keep lifting up big rocks and finding tons of conch shells under them, easily surpassing 70. All three groups reconvene, put their items on the counter, and wait to see what happens. And it triggers a box to rise up behind the table with their next note. They are advised that tonight at exactly 7.07 p.m., they will have access to the outside world, internet connectivity, for just a few minutes, so use it wisely. This is another moment that's kind of accidentally funny, because the members get this dire warning and then decide to go make dinner first. I know they kept an eye on the clock, it's just funny how quickly their minds pivoted. Anyway, they cooked the fish, so to this day, that restaurant probably has a sorry we borrowed your fish message still stuck to the glass, but anyway. They head to the training center when it's dark and spooky outside, and they see a big projector screen, a big YouTube live stream happening on the wall in this building. Taeyeon starts typing into the live chat, typing all these comments, SOS messages about being stuck on the island. Meanwhile, this YouTuber is digging into his food, and he eventually says, oh dear me, looks like I got carried away and distracted. Forgot to look at the comment section. This is another part where I'm really like, okay, this YouTuber clearly was told he's playing a role here, right? And he's not supposed to answer right away? It's an odd situation, wondering how much was pre-planned here. They keep furiously sending comments, and he eventually sees them, but keeps thinking it's a joke. And he says he's not going to go help them. He's very suspicious that they would be telling the truth. But on the off chance that they are, he says he will give them a hint about a helpful item he hid when he was on that island. He only gets out the words training center before the screen goes black and time is up. I would also like to note, you could tell how seriously he took this by the fact he used his stake as a microphone. So the boys, nervous and confused, take their flashlights and head to the training center, scouring walls to see what drawings are there, to see if maybe there's a picture code in there. They end up counting how much certain images are repeated, and that gives them the right number to unlock another lock, which gains access to another scroll that tells them they can find more treasure on the ocean that must be retrieved before sundown. All along the way, I should have mentioned this earlier, sorry, when they get a scroll, they also see a sand-filled jar that comes with it. They have to collect five of those. They got red and orange, and then the white jar now. The note also warns them that they can expect a betrayal soon. The members grow nervous, like who's going to betray who, and they're kind of reassuring each other. It's not necessarily a cut-and-dry prophecy. These scrolls are talking about what happens on this island, but not what is predetermined. We can still change that future. We can all promise right now to not turn on each other, to not end up like that. We're not like that. We won't end up like that. Don't worry about it. Mark had the perfect soundbite in that episode. Perfect soundbite about a betrayal is always more painful when it comes from someone you know, and that's what they're worried about. This episode takes a break from the action and gets quite sentimental. It's very nice. Where they have another dinner together and they have a touching talk. It's one of those where I really think it was totally unscripted and they were just forgetting the cameras were there. Just talking like they would at any meal out together. They commented, hey, it's been a while since all nine of us got to sit down for this. And they liked finding that moment together and chat despite the ticking clock and the crises they're dealing with. It's really just interesting to watch their true brotherhood and dynamics. At this point, they reflected on approaching their subunit's five-year anniversary, 
how they've grown and changed since then. Taeyeon opened up about his fears that the public would be losing interest in them because NCT 127 had not had a comeback since Kick It. The thing is, actually, they did sort of with Love Holic, but because it's a Japanese release, it's viewed as not counting or whatever from when their last comeback was. So, not to worry, Taeyeon, we're still thinking about you. Love Holic was great. Doyeon was opening up about performing in an upcoming musical and how it had been so long since he'd been on a live stage, he was extra apprehensive about doing it again. Haechan's advice was really good. Where he said, you know, hey, you have to go back eventually, right? You're gonna have to, because the worst feeling in the world will be if you never go back on stage. So you have to make that scary return to the stage someday and know your initial nerves will pay off. Which I thought was a great way to look at jumping into a lot of stuff post-pandemic, post certain pandemic surges. When you go back into a situation, think, well, I had to go back at some point, right? Because it'd be worse if I never did. Interestingly, Heichen is an admirable character in that scene, and the next morning the least admirable. Because the next day, the betrayal of sorts happens. It's kind of a weird scene because it feels like it was about to bring tensions to a head, erase all of the bonding from the previous night, but nothing really comes of it plot-wise. It's the closest the episode gets to like a real betrayal because the members get in a circle to strategize and realize one of the three Sanjars is missing. They question who has it, wonder if Hetchin has it, and he obligingly does reveal he had it in his backpack. Then he takes it out and they move on like it didn't happen. So that's the only moment that really felt like they could have a real fight here. Okay, this moment, there's no way it wasn't staged, but it's so funny because of how perfect it is. The members see a treasure box attached to a boat that has arrived on time outside their window, but it also happens to be right outside their window. Right along the shore, a boat is coming very near the shore. And there just so happened to be a boat, this canoe, this kayak, whatever. It's a raft they can row with. Oars and life vests. All just happened to be right outside that window waiting for them. What a coincidence. Six members decide to put on the life vests and go out there. While Johnny stays behind to film and tail in Mark's day to yellow directions. They actually almost couldn't do it because an oar was broken. Someone found tape and helped with that, though. Their teamwork really was on display here, in a lot of little moments like that, through little gestures. A storm is fast approaching, so they really have to race to get this treasure. And the suspense is up even more, both because you know the storm's approaching and they're really bad at this. They keep rowing, too much lopsided in one way or the other, and it's one of those situations where it looks really close to shore until the storm's approaching, and until you see from a bird's eye view, and until you really see close up what it was like, makes it look way farther away from the shore than it seemed initially. They finally reach the treasure chest after a lot of haphazard rowing, and don't find a thing. No treasure in it. The episode ends where Mark comes through with a perfect soundbite again, speculating about what if we're not the only ones out here looking for it? What if someone else got to it first? They quickly find the treasure, though, at the start of the next episode. Great cliffhanger, though. This next part, really confusing and kind of funny. Taeyeon falls out of the boat and has to be pulled back in. It's hard to tell in that moment if he fell over out of excitement because he was kind of jumping and cheering or just bad luck. It happened so fast. And then from this angle, as a viewer, it looked like Doyeon fell in either because he also was clumsy and it was kind of a lopsided thing they were steering, or he fell in trying to help Taeyeon. Kind of hard to tell. 
Once they were in the water, they actually tried to just swim to shore, but seemed to get tired so fast, they abandoned that plan, and the members helped them get back up on the boat. Later, behind-the-scenes clips reveal that actually the source of them falling was that lopsidedness, and that Jae-hun and Hae-chan were not really steering their fair share. Now, if you ask me, it looked like Jae-hun was helping way less. Hae-chan markedly more helpful with the rowing. So it was odd that Hae-chan got the ultimate punishment, where the members all tried to pick him up and throw him back in the water as punishment. Meanwhile, Jae-hun got off pretty scot-free. Maybe they felt bad because he had already been through the trauma of the bomb issue. Now things get really interesting. The end of 6 and the beginning of episode 7, probably my favorite. It's a really clever part. The members now have instructions to split up for the first time. All go their separate ways. And that's it. They all lack clarity and direction. They don't know what they're looking for. Doyeon is showing his genius again, and he has to go to the command center. His role there, he quickly learns, is to guide the others. He has a CCTV-type wall and a computer with a code. He quickly realizes each member needs to find a letter. Then they can come together, unscramble the letters, and crack the code to access the computer. Every time a member finds their letter, Doyeon talks into this loudspeaker until they realize he can hear and see them, so they can move towards the security camera and talk about what their number is. So we see each of them do that. Johnny finds N, Yuda finds O, Junwoo finds C after looking around this church. He was told to go to the church, and he finds all these words, hair, andal, and he's trying to think of what they have in common. And it's, they're missing the first letter, C. That's when he learns his letter is C. While he's in there, he has this really sweet, innocent moment where he's like, I hope God understands why I'm moving around objects in the church. I have to get off this island. I hope he understands. Taeyeon walks around and sees eyes, E-Y-E, big giant signs of eyes. In a behind-the-scenes clip released later, we realize he assumed the eyes were meant to represent like an audience. And because a bunch of them were by this smooth, relatively, patch of ground, that was meant to represent his stage. So he was supposed to just perform for the eyes that were looking at him, and that might crack a code or something, open up a trap door or something, I don't know. And so he's actually seen trying to dance and saying to kick it to the empty stairs of nothing. He really mustered up a lot of courage to even do that. He was so embarrassed. He was like, oh, I want my mommy. And then he was like talking to the bugs, being like, you understand how stressed out I am right now? But he did it a little bit sheepishly, to no avail. None of that emotional energy was worth it, because it turns out all he needed was the word I, to know that his letter was I. These individual pursuits continue into episode 7. Haitians is the weirdest, because he has these glass bottles full of rice, and somehow he finds the letter M on one of those grains of rice. I don't know. It's bizarre. Tail finds the letter N after he rearranges this red rope. He has to unfurl this rope around these poles to see kind of what kind of letter it forms. A lot harder than it sounds if you don't have a bird's eye view of it, and he did not. Mark finds the letter P after basically having to walk the longest staircase imaginable. Seems like Jae-hun really got the short end of the stick for this part of the game too because his task is to figure out what's going on with the arrows. 
In his area, he sees all these arrows pointing to bicycle wheels and stuff. He eventually realizes they were all meant to indicate the letter O, but he didn't get what the circles were for. Along the way, he was taking Polaroids of the O's of the circles and the arrows. Turns out, in a behind-the-scenes clip later, he just did that because he assumed they would want to cherish memories or something. Really sweet but unnecessary. So that would be an interesting auction. How much would you pay for J-Hun Polaroids, but they're of random bike tires and stuff? They all get back, and they have every letter but one, and they have to unscramble it and figure out what the missing letter is that represents Doyun. If you didn't check out the season and you want to play for yourself, grab a pen and paper and I'll tell you the letters. N-M-P-O-A-I-C-O and N. I'm going to say it, are you ready? They learn its companion. That's how they find another scroll in the final container of sand, an NCT shade of green. This next scroll indicates they're supposed to go back up to that Wi-Fi hooked up area again, same time that night. Once again, they have access to a streamer for just a few minutes. This is a little different because he's video chatting them, so they don't have to try to get his attention. He already has it. They call him Captain H and really fanboy over him. He teaches them how to use a compass. The members do have on their paper the direction to go in, and now they know how to get there. He's going to offer more help, but mid-sentence, the live stream time is up and Captain H is gone. The group is done for the day, but they're going to set off the next morning, and this is their final task. They have all the sand. They just need to find this location, 301 Northwest, with their compass. They naturally wake up the next morning super eager and excited, ready to go. They quickly find their way, and at the destination lies a giant key statue. A translucent one with a hole in the top. They realize they need to pour, in the order they found them, the sand jars into this translucent giant key statue. This is another moment where I think the special effects team behind the season is just top tier. There's a pop and two big clouds of green smoke get puffed out of it. It's basically a distress signal that was sent out. And that's when the boat knows it's time to come back and get them. And the boat starts coming back. It's funny because at that moment, they realize it's the same exact boat with their belongings and everything. And so one of the members comments how, this must have just been a prank they pulled on us, huh? And then the others laugh, but in that laugh so you don't cry away, like, oh, like, oh yeah, so funny. They pulled this prank on us. They make a lot of cute but corny comments about the real treasure was the friends we made along the way kind of stuff. And of course, they learned companionship on this trip. That's the key word to summarize what they learned. They get back to enjoying the comforts of home, and then Taeyeon superfans like myself get a special treat, because the rest of the episode focuses on him directing the other members at, and making himself, the OST for Analog Trip. So we see the behind the scenes, and an interesting look into Taeyeon's mind of his process for creating the song Amino Acid. We see him go from just muttering and typing on a notes app to discussing lyrics and revising them with producers in a studio to giving tips to the members one by one as they record. We see Taeyeon himself do the whistle for the song. Turns out it was not just computerized, he actually did the whistle. Not just interesting here because of the group dynamics and showing Taeyeon's artistry and passion, But I also really like this because he had said at first in this episode that they were having such a good time. Maybe we should just stay here, like live island life. 
But what quickly got him to change his mind was not, I want to go back and record and make music, fulfill my passions, but no, I got to go back. I miss my mom. Very sweet. We see him coach the members, guide them in certain ways, to talk a certain way, one by one. He helps Yuta out with some pronunciation, advises Junwoo to channel his signature cute voice for his verse, so we see how he plays that up in the studio intentionally. He admitted he can't really coach Mark because Mark is uncoachable. He's just going to do what he does. Super unique. Cannot be coached. Him and Doyeon had this super sweet back and forth. Love Dote. They really just showered each other with praise during the song making. And actually, Johnny remarked in this episode, this is the first time all nine of them worked on the same song together, like from the start. The one that's totally 100% just the nine of them and the producers, but you get the point. But I think the coolest was seeing the transformation, the evolution of the lyrics in real time. Taeyeon adjusted some to have double meanings, puns, things like that. He found a way to rhyme flags with flex, replaced painted colors with put on colors for translation, double meaning purposes. Very cool to watch. It's interesting that the Amino Acid music video has kind of this paper doll scrapbook aesthetic to it, kind of like Super Junior's Melody video. And Super Junior were the stars of Analog Trip Season 1. Not sure if that was an intentional nod to them, but an interesting detail nonetheless. They shared more behind-the-scenes info about how the season came together in a surprise livestream event. And that is when Shindon from Super Junior called in. He gave them every right to be mad at him from the get-go because he had tech issues at first and I feel like those were intentional. Then he was saying something along the lines of, hey, do you remember when you thought, oh, the same captain of the ship that left us abandoned on the island was the one who eventually came back for us? Then his video call went dark. So all signs point to him having been the captain that stranded them. And remember, his group Super Junior, they were the stars of Analog Trip Season 1. Then he was joking that maybe Season 3 should be Super Junior and NCT together. Or was he joking? I don't know. But yeah, not necessarily the most fun cameo they could have had. During the surprise livestream as well, they read pages from the journals they kept during the trip. Junwoo definitely wrote the most, really poured his soul out into that journal, at least at first. Would love for them to put together some merch packs around that, a mini book compiling all the members' journal entries, throw in some photo cards, maybe a compass or something. They could totally have themed merch packs based around those journals. Come on, SM Entertainment, you're welcome for the free marketing idea. They spent the second half of the live stream still kind of keeping up this act of leaving you guessing, wait, how much did you know ahead of time? Because once they pull back the rug resembling sand they had been sitting on, a life-size board game is underneath it. So did they know in advance they would be playing a life-size game with their bodies as game pieces? Still up to you to decide, even after the game is officially over. It was really cute because they had more moments where you could tell they kind of forgot the cameras were on them. So they were just saying we go up, Taeyeon saying a bit of candy by Baekhyun to himself. Really cute stuff. The two captains chosen were Johnny and Yuda. Yuda finally getting his starring role that he wanted, only to have his team lose and have to get their faces painted with charcoal as punishment. There were actually two different punishments Johnny's team could have chosen. The other one was getting flour poured on them. They actually didn't know which option was which. 
they just picked a number one or two. I personally would have found it funnier to watch them doused in flour, but I also would have probably been more nervous that their beautiful hair would be messed up by the flour. So I guess this was the better alternative. Doyun stayed classic Doyun and picked up the blocks each time someone threw them. He kept tidying up basically after them as the game went on. Other bonus videos were super cute, showed the members doing relay cam Q&As, Doyun getting caught testing out Johnny's DIY shade he set up super low to the ground, this setup with a yoga mat, a table, rocks to form a sort of shelter. Other just funny, making it up on the spot, winning this, were definitely new to this moments, where they tried to learn to get by on the island. You can watch the full season and Relay Cam interviews, etc. for free on YouTube now. YouTube Originals content, but it's for free. It's not like you need a YouTube Red subscription or whatever. So I highly recommend it. I think what made this season work so well was the group's natural chemistry, the ability for them to kind of improv or at least act like they were improving, and just being their natural selves, letting their organic dynamics play out as well as the actual technical production aspect of it. The camera angles, constant pivots to Johnny's filming so you could kind of feel like you were in the room with them. The special effects team that helped put together that time bomb situation, the puffs of green smoke that were distress signals sent out at the end. It just felt very thoroughly planned to bring it to life and make it feel like you didn't know what was an act and what wasn't. So it was really fun. It was basically, to me, like watching Survivor, both less tension and more wholesome moments. Thoughts for which SM artist would rock season 3, other comments about the season, feel free to reply on 17 Karat K-pop social media, or directly if you're listening on Spotify, you can look at the question feature and type in your answer right there. So feel free to share your thoughts with me. I hope you all enjoyed Analog Trip as much as I did, or if you didn't, hopefully this episode helped you gain appreciation for the season and maybe how much better it is than you remember. Really well done, and I hope this review shows why. Thank you all so much for listening to another installment in NCT Talk. You can check out the rest of the NCT-specific episodes if you go to the NCT Talk page at 17karatkpop.weebly.com. I will talk to you all again super soon. Bye!